0: You're listening to the PBE Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You don't want to miss any great audio content from the pro baseball experience. Now let's get on with today's show. is up guys welcome to pbe family therapy i'm dr k
1: and i am blow pop we are back after a one week hiatus Mm -hmm. or vacation more accurately yeah uh so we're here with episode 12 in week 13 if or something if you want to think of it that way i don't know right yeah numbers will be off but that's okay but uh yeah we we had to skip last week because i was home visiting family which included Dr. K,
0: that's right. We yeah.
1: got ourselves uh, about forty-five holes of disc golf in mm-hmm. there,
0: probably like ten to twelve miles of walking. I would assume, and uh, so it's good. Well, we went, you,
1: yeah, you said it was like s- something like sixteen or seventeen thousand steps for you, and yeah. you have longer legs than I do, right?
0: Yeah, so I think it was. It was great. It was a good time. We went and played uh, one of the top-rated courses in the world, which is about an hour away from my house, and. Um, they got to come back and play my local course. and uh, It was great. It was just jolly good fun. Uh, definitely had mm-hmm. sore arms the next day. Uh, my peck, buy, try, forearm, everything. <laughs> was very sore from overuse, but well worth it to get out and play some disc golf. Yeah. So it was good, but we are especially happy that we were able to make today work. Shout out to Blowpop for being uh, flexible. We're recording this uh, pretty early in the morning, so... Uh, just had to get our episode out it's for you the people (laughs) because we care about you and your family therapy fix and that Mm -hmm. is why we are here yeah
1: we had uh we had a non-zero amount of people say hey come on where's the new episode and we said we had to take a break so for those of you who are
0: uh you know scratching for that itch yep thanks For sure. And here it is. And we've got an exciting episode today. I feel like this is like one of the best times to have a podcast. And that's because we've got one sim left of the regular season and then we're jumping into the postseason.
1: Yeah, there's almost all the information is presented to us. So we have a good idea of what's happening, but there's Mm -hmm. always still that element of uncertainty with whatever these next seven or eight games due depending on if you're a majors team or a minors team you have either seven or eight to go so a lot of a lot of possibilities up in mm-hmm. the year
0: yeah which would be really cool so we're going to talk about the playoffs we're going to talk about the standings we'll look at the statistics um see the stat leaders in the league kind of like we uh we normally do but we're also going to be talking about blow pops best bets and uh, oh. an exciting announcement that you may have seen that will t- that's called a teaser we'll talk about it later uh, and then uh, the programming <laughs> we will check in with our players at the end, too. Uh, so it should should be a good time. Should we jump right into uh, the majors standings? Sure. Not a
1: ton of moving and shaking has happened as mm-hmm. th- kind of shouldn't be this late in the season. You know, yeah. large enough amount of games have been played that there's a lot of stuff that's kind of established. Uh, OBX is still sitting on top of the East. Rugurus have clawed their way up to second. Uh, I know that they were, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Uh, I know that they were off to a somewhat slow start, but uh, now they're pretty much guaranteed to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are guaranteed to be yep. in the playoffs. Yep, yeah, they're right. in. So they're in. Uh, apparently, I don't know for sure, but OBX made the playoffs, and a lot of people were making a big deal about it. I haven't been able to look back at the history, but is this like? the first time in a while they've made the playoffs.
0: Yeah. It's been since 2030. It's been 10 years since they made the playoffs. Right. So
1: holy cow. So that's, that's what people mean when they say that OBX was the least lucky yeah. team in SIM, uh, yeah. which is why everybody that was talking about season predictions when we started things off. Yeah. We're saying don't put them number one, even though they have a ton of TPE. So, mm. uh, I think I still did. Yeah,
0: I think I did too, but I don't really remember for certain.
1: I th- so I th- I think I had Voyagers third, which they are, mm-hmm. and then Rugurus and Aviators. I had one two in some order. I don't sure. remember which is which. So yep.
0: either way, it, and it is exciting for Obx, not just because of the of the playoff drought, but I mean that is exciting. Everyone loves a good playoff drought snapping, uh, but also fun that they kind of put all their chips in this year and it pays off. You don't, you don't want to see someone like mortgage the future and then just absolutely bomb. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. Yeah, I mean,
1: picking up like a bunch of big star pitchers like Jose and stuff. Yep. Has definitely helped their chances a lot. So they're yep. sitting pretty at a 65% win rate, which gives them a four game gap between them <laughs> and the Rugurus Yep. On the other side of the, I was going to say on the other side of the river, but I don't really know where the geographical yeah. divide is in this game. Yeah. Uh, it, on the west side of the league, mm-hmm. there's not so much of a difference between one, two, and three.
0: Yeah, it's very, very tight with the San Antonio slots and the Nashville stars now tied. They've been close all season, and to have them tied going into the last time is pretty awesome. Um, even more awesome, the Sloths have won their last 10 games, 12 games. They're on a 12-game winning streak. Um, to really catch up to Nashville, and it looks like they have the tiebreaker, so they're technically in first right now.
1: Right, and uh, it's kind of interesting to see them rocket up to first place, especially mm-hmm. with this twelve-game win streak. Because as we've been monitoring our bets for the over/under in the casino, yeah, the Sloths were the first team that had their over/under status confirmed. Right, out of all twenty-four teams in the league. Yeah, so Which they have a interesting. Yeah, especially because they
0: hit the under. Yeah.
1: So so Sloth's locked in the under before any other team finished whatever stuff. So it's just kind of bizarre to see historically one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league, be the first to cement its status with an under.
0: Yep. Yeah, they've had an interesting year in that, like, April they were 5-4, and four, May they were 11-12, and 12, so not a great start, basically 500, you know. Uh, yeah. And then June, July, August have gone 15-7, and 16-6, 17-7. So they've really, really ramped it up. And in terms of looking into the playoffs, it's going to be hard to pick against the sloths because uh, you just can't argue with that momentum going in to the playoffs as well as obviously their pedigree and their you know history as a fantastic team. Right, and looping
1: back to the the, uh, the preseason prediction conversation again, mm-hmm. the West is just like a big clump right now because yep. even the Scorpions in third place are only two games behind the two leaders. Right. But the snapshot right now of mm-hmm. the West of Sloth, Star, Scorpion, Demons, Vandals, Raptors, Foxes, mm-hmm. the only ones that I have wrong are Vandals, Raptors, Flip-Flopped. Right, which is fun. Very fun. And on the East, I think I have like two correct. The only one that I think I have for sure is Toro's last place, Mm -hmm. which is already cemented. Yep. So. Yeah. Which is
0: works out pretty well. And it's nice for your Toro's to that you're currently in last place in the league. So securing a number one overall pick. Uh, Well, number three overall three overall pick. And what a poor season to. You know, tank.
1: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny the Toros GMs have been understandably a little bummed out with the development of these draft picks because not mm-hmm. only has the expansion been announced mm-hmm. so they're third pick instead of first pick, but also a lot of the trades that they made to acquire picks mm-hmm. those teams are doing better than expected. Uh yep. So a lot of the picks that they have traded for are going to be like bottom chunk of less the first valuable round.
0: It's a bummer, but it's that's always the that's the risky take, unfortunately. But at at least you'll you'll still have multiple first rounds, right? Am I misremembering that? Uh yeah, like a four. Okay. So I mean that's gonna be a huge influx of talent, regardless if it's a one pick or a three pick. And, right. And um, some of the some of the some of the picks aren't even as
1: important now that they made the trade mm-hmm. mid season when Bauer announced his retirement because mm-hmm when Bauer announced his retirement and he becomes like a corpse, like mm-hmm. the real life Bauer is not updating in game Bauer anymore. Right. So they, they were allowed to trade him. They traded Bauer for the rest of the season to Indy. Mm-hmm. And they picked up uh outfielder, Baden bougie mm-hmm. who is uh, madman 13. One of the co-hosts or hosts. I don't know what the hierarchy is there yeah, of yeah. the uh, women <laughs> of PBE podcast Mm-hmm. And she's like a high earner mm-hmm. outfielder. And then they also got Big Chungus, who is a first baseman. I don't know his earning pace as much, but like basically the Toros traded away half of a season of a retired player mm-hmm. in order to get, hypothetically, assuming they retain everyone, which they probably won't, yeah. the entire career of two pretty good players right. or like very good players. Like Ban Bougie is consistently doing really well on like the stat sheets sure she said in one of their episodes that she just like doesn't like doing jpts so she doesn't do them (laughs) but like it's honestly fair it's only two per week or whatever so like
0: whatever yeah um quick question was that that trade was with the indianapolis apex right yeah is that right so very interesting the apex have have kind of gone all in on trying to make this season the season that they really succeed and they make the playoffs, hopefully. And I feel like they've put their chips in far too soon, too early. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. I Just for this the fact that they've put so much into it, I kind of hope that they make the playoffs. It'd be a fun story. But it's like, ooh, that's going to be a bummer if they're the last one out, you know?
1: Right. I, like, my... My my reaction to it, my thought process, was Indie has definitely been on the upswing since its inception. Oh, yeah. Um, and I feel like after last year watching the Rougarous win the World Series,
0: mm-hmm.
1: my outside perspective of what Indy has been doing is, like you said, just trying to put a bunch of chips all in and mm-hmm. trying to break New Orleans's record of... Fastest expansion to World Series time. Mm. Because I think New Orleans did that in either like six years or five years or something. Sure. So this would be four years if Indy did it. Mm-hmm. Um because they I don't uh, they acquired Steve Eso. I don't remember what they gave up to get Steve Eso.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but then like the the one that makes me really think that they are just trying to break the record for fast success uh-huh. is the Bauer trade because they're getting right. a half of a season maximum of Bauer yep. and giving up two really good young players.
0: Yeah. And to Bauer's credit, uh, he's kind of crushed it in only 55 games started. <laughs> he I did mean, way better with Indy than he did with Cancun. Like not, with... Even, not even close. They played a pretty similar number of games, 10 more for Indy, but still, I mean, he's had... Uh, With the Apex, he's already at 2.3 war versus 0.2 war in Cancun.
1: 12 more home runs
0: (laughs) in Indy. Oh my gosh, the RBI is 48 to 23. My gosh. So Bauer in this 55 games, or actually Mm -hmm. Bauer
1: literally in his first week in Cancun, Mm -hmm. was already on Indy's top
0: 10 all time war list, which is just bonkers. I got to find that somewhere. Where would I find that? uh i think uh i don't know i don't know i'll look while we talk about other stuff but that's just laughable
1: <laughs> oh man so good times yeah up. now that we've uh established the you know macro view of teams if we take a look at league leaders mm-hmm. um it's kind of what we expect. There's a lot of San Antonio. Right. That's that's the most dominant batting team. There's a lot of San Antonio and a lot of Bobby McDonald. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are the only two from the team leading, but the two of them combined lead in eight of the 24 categories that show up in the game, so, you know, they're, they're doing it. Yep. Oddly enough, there are five leaders, or five leading categories, I should say, mm-hmm. From Sarasota Mm. with three of or four of those being Red Arrow and one of those being INL Bogescu. It's just I don't think of Sarasota as, you know, being the home to powerhouses because they've been like middle of the pack.
0: Yep. Yeah. But pretty impressive from both of those players. I mean, especially Red Red Arrow leading the league in batting average and war is pretty awesome. um, Right. For a second baseman, too. And in hits and also in caught stealing. But we won't talk about that. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, uh if you take a look at pitching yep. however uh there is unsurprisingly a lot <clears throat> of orange on the screen. Yeah. holy Basically <clears throat> all OBX. Yeah. And that that's it basically. It's yep. just Walker Cato, 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 Walker <laughs> Cato, Walker Cato, Walker Cato, Farron Bin Caden. Ricky Vaughn, Ricky Vaughn. Hot potato, hot
0: potato, hot potato. And Ricky Vaughn, Ricky Vaughn is on Detroit. I just said it because it's orange. Right. Yep. but having a (laughs) a pretty disgusting 12.3 strikeout per nine for uh, Ricky Vaughn. But, yeah, basically Walker Cato. I mean, I I don't know if you can really argue a different pitcher of the year Um, because he's leading in ERA wins, innings pitched, complete games, shutouts, strikeouts per walk, whip. Walks per nine, like at It's pretty, uh, pretty. Oh man! And if I scroll down, ERA plus, obviously. Um, I don't even know what this stat is. RA nine WAR. I think it's. I want to say it's R- runs allowed per nine minus WAR, or, maybe. plus WAR. I don't know. R- okay, well we'll skip that and pretend we knew what it was. And that was oh, excellent point, blow pop. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and he also leads in BABIP <laughs> and win percentage. So. The most dominant pitcher of the league, I would say. I, I think the big takeaway from our war is if Walker Cato is leading
1: in nine other good stats and yep. he's leading in our war, our war is probably a good stat.
0: Yes, I, that is That's, excellent logic. It is my <laughs> grand deduction. Oh, good stuff. Uh, should we jump into the minor leagues? Uh, sure. The standings first. Let me jump into yeah.
1: that. And the standings for the minors are pretty fun because your team
0: and my team are already guaranteed in the playoffs. That's right. And something that's interesting um, in the majors, we still have some uncertainty going in the last couple of games. There are, I think, four teams still vying for a potential spot, although it's pretty clear who's going to get it in the minors. Everything is decided in terms of who's in the playoffs. However, seeding can flip flop. Pretty significantly,
1: yeah. It's just San Bernardino with the one seed, and then two through six mm-hmm. have win totals of 57, 57, 56, 54, 54. Yep. So, the last day of the sim is going to have a huge amount of impact on seeding, yep. but no impact whatsoever on who gets in because yep. Louisville State College, Brucity, and Kingston have all been eliminated already.
0: Yeah, so everyone we know who's going to be in the dance, we just don't know what order it's going to be. Um. Right. Which is really exciting, and I know, you know, the Dynamos are currently tied for the second seed with the Kingpins. However, it looks like they have um, the tiebreaker, but we've been talking about the next, you know, seven games that we all have, or is it seven? Yeah, seven games, and uh, I know the Dynamos have a a more difficult schedule, Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens But the schedule also includes ending the season with a three-game series against the Kingpins. So that's going to be some must-watch TV.
1: And for uh, the Dillos, our seven games are finishing off a series against the Hepcats Mm -hmm. and then three games against Anchorage and then three games against San Bernardino. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to assume that we'll have about three wins out of those games. Uh, So I don't think we're going to have much opportunity to improve our position in mm-hmm. the tournament but i mean even if we go against 66ers in a mm-hmm. best of series we uh,
0: we saw how that went down. <laughs> the giant slayers yeah yeah the amarillo armadillo so we'll see uh We'll see what happens. The interesting kind of plot twist this year with obviously first playoffs with the most recent expansion. Uh, so the one and the two seeds do have a first round bye this year. So pretty important. The 66ers definitely have a buy. Nobody's catching them. Correct. Um, again, and then I think the other crazy. buy is it's
1: not the best. It's not the second best record. I think it's the best East team gets a buy,
0: correct? It's, no, I think it's actually just record. I don't think uh-huh. the, the divisions don't even matter anymore in terms of playoff seating, which I oh. think is a bummer, but
1: Yeah, I, I would have thought that the East team that makes it in, or I mean both both Kingpins and Dynamos have made it in. I would have thought that right. the better of the two teams would get the bye, and then the other four total teams were just gonna get like right run against the wall to see where they go. But
0: yeah. Uh, that's that's the way I prefer it, you know. The, the issues are, you know, you don't want to have a really weak team. You don't want to have an NFC East for the uh, NFL. You don't want to have a team where the team that wins is like eight and eight and everyone just sucks because then that team gets into the playoffs, probably with home field advantage um, over a really good wildcard team. And then it's just like, what are we even doing here? I mean, yeah, that logic
1: would make sense, except for the fact that there are 10 teams in the minors mm-hmm. and there are six teams that make the playoffs. So yeah. even if you just do the six best teams, there has to be one from each division that makes it in anyways.
0: Sure. That's true. That is very true. But I, I also like another, another whole point of all this is I, I enjoy having to specifically think about competing against your division because I think it adds a nice element of uh, competition and rivalries. And, you know, cause this is probably more the case in major league baseball, but like being a Twins fan, you know, we always think about the Indians and it's because oftentimes whether or not we get into the playoffs is determined by whether or not we are better than that specific team, um, you know, or the White Sox or whoever. But. Yeah, this year, this year it's the Sox. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Because we've, we've already talked about the Indians they're They're not doing much.
1: It's Jose Ramirez, Shane Bieber
0: and 13 accountants. Yes. Did you get it called? Are you going to play for him this year? You're not an accountant, but I'm the GM. Oh, even better. That's why they suck. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Um, anyway, so exciting stuff. We'll see what happens in tomorrow's sim. I'm pretty stoked to to see how uh, kind of see how it all, all it all shakes out, and super excited to jump into our uh, second playoffs for our players and just to see what exactly happens
1: yeah we'll see if we actually get to meet in the postseason last year we did not because of an early exit from the dynamos but depending on the seating um possible yeah Yeah, i i mean i'm gonna go back and look at the standings if we go by your model of just Mm -hmm. two best teams get buys yeah then san bernardino's gonna get a buy yep and then the other buy is probably going to be either Chicago or Dallas mm-hmm. because one of you is going to siphon wins from the other in the last season. Yep. So there's that unless the Dillos go on a tear, I guess. It's possible. But uh so like in a weird way, I'm almost hoping for the Kingpins to win so that you you and I don't get first round buys. Mhm. Because then that makes it more likely that we do go against each other,
0: right? If I if I remember correctly, last year there was a, a pretty strong possibility we were going to play each other, and then it didn't happen. Like if I remember right, the seeding was such that we were only a couple games away from facing each other in the first round.
1: Yeah, if the if the Dillos had won a little bit more, mm-hmm. than we would have. Like I think it was like two games more or something like that. Sure. Then we would have flipped with the Kingpins and mm-hmm. played against you guys first round mm-hmm. that makes I sense think. because and i remember it had to have been that way because kingpins and Dillos were both underdogs and both made mm-hmm. it to the world series and that's then in right. the majors there were also a bunch of underdog wins
0: yeah yeah that's right i'm i'm super excited for this year's playoffs it'll be fun to have more teams involved i don't know if i like 60 percent of the league making the playoffs but yeah I don't, that's not a hill i want to die on but it will be fun to have more teams
1: Mm -hmm. I also don't think it's like super important in the minors. Yeah. Like I I think, I think having a large portion of the minors make it is a lot healthier than having a large portion of the majors make it because Mm -hmm. part of the reason that the minor league exists is to encourage new players to watch and follow and be active. So The more new players make it in the playoffs, then I guess there's just like that little extra nugget of incentive for them to watch along.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, Let's jump into some batting leaders for the minors. First off, shout out to Krustus. Krustus for MVP. Go Dynamo. Uh, Dynamo is so exciting. Uh, He's leading the league in batting average as well as on base plus slugging and in hits. Uh, he has been an actual absolute stud this year. Uh, however, that first comment is heavily biased towards my own team because uh, the 66ers have some very impressive leaders, not surprisingly. Um, right.
1: But in a dominance. weird way, they almost kind of eat off of each other's plate a little bit. Mm. You know, it's like that yeah. whole notion of. You know, when Russell Westbrook was going on his MVP season, mm-hmm. there were other players that were doing well. Mm-hmm but they were on much better teams. Whereas Russell Westbrook was single-handedly powering his team to the playoffs by hate alone. Yep. (laughs) So like the fact that there are so many good San Bernardino players kind of makes all of them less impressive. Almost like there are some things that it doesn't matter about your teammates like Bongo Lulongo leading an on-base percentage. Mm -hmm. That's just you. Yep, yeah, yeah. that, that's fine. But then someone like Miles Ahead leading in RBIs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Miles Ahead is going to have more RBIs than anybody because he's on the San Bernardino 66ers and they have a lot of people who just get on base all the time. Right, right. That being said, Giannis Krustis is second mm-hmm. and he's not on the 66ers. So, all right.
0: yeah, it's definitely I mean, it's really boils down all of baseball statistics. And that's part of the reason I really love it is you can't just look at a stat and be like, oh, like you just mentioned, miles ahead, leads the league in RBI. He is the best player. It's like, right. well, you, you got to look at like 10 different statistics and kind of weigh them all and try and figure out, you know, what's, what the real story is, what what really has happened.
1: Yeah, there's a handful of statistics that are purely how good are you? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And then there's a handful that are how good are you in conjunction with your teammates? Yes. So absolutely. like batting average is how good are you? On base mm-hmm. percentage, how good are you? Slugging, you hits mm-hmm. you total bases you at bats not really just you right because you got to get through factors. the orders yeah and because of that then you kind of have to cycle back and say well is hits actually just you then because
0: mm-hmm. if you get more
1: plate appearances then you're going to get more hits
0: right yeah and even with like pitching you know a lot of it is dependent on defense a lot of it is dependent on uh how your team is doing where you're pitching why you're pitching when you're pitching you know there's all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff going on which is which is really cool. But I digress back to the 66ers. Miles ahead leading in a bunch of categories including home runs, RBI, at bats, slugging percentage, total bases. He's just crushing it. Yep, and then Bongo is sprinkled in there a couple times
1: mm-hmm. with on-base percentage and WAR. Yep. So even though he only leads in one batting stat, he still leads in the total how good are you stat. Yep so um,
0: interesting, they're both listed as first baseman. I'm curious, who plays what?
1: Well, I know last season, for sure, Bongo played first. I think he still does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like he does. I want to say Miles is an outfielder this year. Uh, looks like DH. Oh. Well, that definitely makes it harder for him to get an MVP just because he's not providing value in the field. I wonder if that's a recent
0: change with uh, Bougie being added to the team. No, Bougie was already on the 66ers. Bougie got added to the Toros in the future. That's right. In the majors. That's right. That's right. Never mind. Let me walk that back.
1: So, yeah, I I would say the batting title. Okay, like batting title is like an actual thing. With like, is it just purely average? Is that batting title?
0: Uh yes, I believe so. That that's just whoever has the best average, but the
1: then I guess the best batter which kind of is the MVP, yeah. Is I think I would agree. I would lean towards Giannis mm-hmm. because I think I think MVP can't go to a DH. Sure. I think a DH like I'm assuming for designated hitters, there is a silver slugger award, and there definitely should be. Mm -hmm. But I think if you only play half the game, you can't get MVP.
0: Now, is there a theoretical point where a a designated designated hitter does so well with batting that you would think that he was worthy of? Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I think it'd
1: have to be something ludicrous, like an OPS of like 1.1 or something like you
0: have to absolutely crush breaking all the records kind of a thing and like best we've ever seen sort of a sort of an idea because you
1: because you have to bat so well that it makes up for the fact that you're not helping on defense. Right,
0: right. That makes sense. So we'll see. uh, We'll see what happens there. I also, uh, hey, shout out to all Hickams, technically tied for second for the most triples. Yeah, uh, this
1: is, I think that's probably the only stat that I show up leading the league in, Mm -hmm. but um, when we talk about our players, I will bring up this screen again and sort by shortstop. Mm -hmm. Uh, All things considered, I'm having a really good
0: year. Yeah, which is super exciting. Um, Hey, look at that. I I just pulled up the pitcher's page and I was about to make a joke that I'm never going to. Beyond anything, because I have not had a great year, um, have had a couple of good games, which we'll talk about later. But um, jumping over to the pitchers page, I am leading league in walks per nine, which is pretty on brand. It's not surprising you are
1: a control freak archetype. And even in those first two games yeah, that you got blown the hell up. Yeah, not good. You, you didn't walk people. Right. They
0: just, There's just the ball- a lot of hits. <laughs> <laughs> you threw strikes. You just threw them slowly and right down the middle uh, yeah on a silver platter <laughs> but uh that being said it, there's a lot of
1: different names on this sheet which is yeah. really fun um, oh i it's love not it. like it's not like one person is dominating anything right. um like i remember last year uh ruth heater ginsburg had like five or six of these cards by the end of the season mm-hmm. and stuff like that and at a quick glance it looks like Robert Grimes has four cards. Dirk Diglett has three cards and then nobody else has more than two. Yeah. All right. Um, Now Maddie. Yeah. Maddie. Maddie has three.
0: Yeah. But it is exciting to see. No, Maddie has
1: four. My bad.
0: Oh, I didn't scroll down. Yep. Yeah. It's fun to see some kind of newer names and like, uh, the league leader in ERA right now is Chloe McCarthy, which I don't remember that name. So that's fun to see a kind of newer name. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's nice to see a wide range of people and not just a single person dominating. And it also makes sense to see that in the minors with a TPE cap.
1: Yeah, um, and like different variants. And when there's a cap like that, there are certain things that you are going to be able to do and aren't going to be able to do. But mm-hmm. at the same time, with a cap like that, it's not like you can super buy into your archetype. So you just have to make like a cap decision but it's not necessarily the same as your archetype because right. there's no way that for example i could not max out my fielding range because my fielding range is 95 and that stat by itself costs like 400 or something right like
0: that. yeah so there's just no way to no way to really make that happen but um yeah so lots of 66ers up here i mentioned chloe mccarthy we've got robert grimes who's leading the league in wins as a reliever that's interesting um, then, uh, Dirk Diglett dominant as he kind of always has been leading the league in war innings, pitch and strikeouts, um, uh, tied for strikeouts. It looks like, but, um, yeah, so some good, good stuff there. Giuseppe Tosin leading the league in walks per nine with only 2.1, which is nice. See some Hosh Jader who I am very bummed about, uh, the real life. Josh Hader smoked the twins yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. Um, Came in at the bottom of the 10th and struck out three batters in a row. Yeah, well, you got another 161 or whatever it is game. So True. it was very sad, though. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um. Did you want to see? Should we jump to fielding stats just to see? Uh, I'll come back to fielding. when it's. Ju- I'll come back to fielding when it's just
1: shortstop. Because looking at fielding as a whole is worthless. Yeah. Yeah. It's comparing apples and oranges and pears. Right. Like, for example, Chloe McCarthy there has 1.22 efficiency, yeah. which pretty much tells me that Chloe McCarthy had like one play that she made. And since she made it,
0: yeah. they're like, wow, you're the best fielder ever. Good job. Proud of you. Total chance is 12. <laughs> yeah. So, like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, the next thing we wanted to talk about is something that is exciting. For Blowpop, and I'm very proud of Blowpop, but it also means sort of the end of a segment that we basically won't be able to talk about anymore. Blowpop's best bets are dead. Yeah, they're going down. So essentially, big congrats to Blowpop being hired on as part of the casino. Um, I I believe your title is Pit Boss. Is that correct? Right, which is really just
1: like a melodramatic, hyper-aggressive title for like accountant.
0: Right. So he is taking over the Cleveland Indians because he's an accountant. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that this now means he will no longer be able to give advice on bets. Right. Uh, I mean, with that being said, I'll still
1: close out this season's bets because mm-hmm. we made them like three yeah. weeks ago or something like yep. that. But uh, yeah, I won't be, I won't be giving tips or tricks anymore because that would be directly against the interest of the casino
0: yep Um, for sure i also love that i don't know and probably around episodes seven or eight maybe nine we were talking about how we were perfect in our casino bets that last year for the over-unders and i think i made a joke like what would it take for you to get hired on as the casino uh, at the casino and right here we are and so I don't know if exciting. that was,
1: like, I don't know if that was viewed at all by the casino people. I don't think that so. Making their hire. Um, I do know that it was noticed because at the very least, um, at the start of the season, Bark Murley sent me a message and was just like, hey, trying to put out that spreadsheet and give advice again? <laughs> um, and then I said, yeah, we're going to release it in whatever episode we released it. And he's like, yep. oh, yeah, let's get this cash. That's right. So, yeah. Um, I guess just while we're on topic, and since we've already covered the standings, we Mm -hmm. can talk about the bets that we made. Yep. So the four bets that we made with money involved are the Mm -hmm. Aviators, the Crabs, the Vandals, and the Mounties. And then the free bet that I took was the 66ers. Mm -hmm. I think you did the same thing. And then the other free bets that I said were like acceptable options were the mm-hmm. Rugurus, Voyagers, Scorpions, Armadillos, and uh, Dynamos. Mm-hmm. So if we go uh, top to bottom for the paid bets in alphabetical order by divisions, because that's how I have the spreadsheet set up, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, aviators are 65 and 35. Mm-hmm. They need 68 wins. So from here on out, they need to go three and five in order to hit the over. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't expect them to chunk out five losses at the end of the season, but at the same time, five losses in eight games is very doable by any team. Right. So, I'm not like confident that it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but I feel like it probably should. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, crabs 37 and 63 in order to hit the over they need to get to 43 wins and since we bet the under on them Mm -hmm. we don't want that to happen right so as long as they win fewer than six in their next eight games then we are fine and i don't think that's a problem and those two bets should kind of help each other out a little bit because as dr k has on his screen there is an obx home series Against the crabs. Yeah. So to some extent in my head, that's three wins for OBX and three losses for the crabs, mm-hmm. which would ice both of the bets that we've placed. Right. which would be um, Very nice. So I, I'm, especially now that you've pulled up the schedule, I am more confident in both of those bets.
0: Yeah. Especially uh, another thing that helps our crabs, bet they also have two games against the sloths uh-huh. uh, and then three against Sarasota, which is that's probably a split. Somewhere. right so i mean like the five
1: total games against sarah uh san antonio san antonio and then three obx games mm-hmm. i do not see a way that they win at least three of those right i mean i don't, I don't think so. De- it definitely can happen like i remember oh, yeah. last like i remember last season i think kashima swept the sloths in the series
0: yeah and it's they like, also played spoiler to the stars was it I don't remember. Anyway, there was something where it was like, oh my gosh, Kashima like coming out. So it's definitely possible, but you know.
1: But the the gambler in me says that it's looking good. Yeah. Um, so the next paid bet that we made are your Vancouver Vandals, and they have exactly clinched the over. They have 49 mm-hmm. wins. They needed to get 48 and a half. So they are already in the over. So we have already
0: won that bet. Super nice, go Vancouver for Canada
1: uh speaking of Canada, the other paid bet that we made was the mounties hitting the under, and the mounties have sucked this year, yeah, so they hit the under a while ago um right. they are they're at, <laughs> they at twenty nine wins and they needed to get to forty five yeah, so no they uh. Yeah, they they have. So like the, the spreadsheet that I have set up says like how many wins you need to go to hit the over and how many losses are permitted. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of funny looking at it because in the next seven games, they need to go 16 and negative nine. Love it.
0: <laughs> which I don't think is doable. So I don't think so. You also uh you, you hate to see a winning percentage start with a two. Uh huh. Yeah. generally not uh, generally not a good thing. Yeah, so I mean like from here on out
1: they need to win 229% of their games. Good luck. Um so the Vancouver Vandals and the Kingston Mounties our friends north of the border have mm-hmm. already guaranteed that you and I will not lose money. Yep, thank you Canada. Thanks Canada. Um so we're at the very least pushing even mm-hmm. and because you and I also took the 66ers over as Mm -hmm. our free bet. Yep. Uh, 66ers have 73 wins. They needed to get to 72. So that one has been clinched as well. So you and I, and anybody who might be listening, who followed along with our bets, if Mm -hmm. you did like the same thing, I guess Mm -hmm. uh, we've already guaranteed a profit of a quarter million. And then depending on what happens with the aviators and the crabs and To some extent, pretty much depending on what happens with the Aviators Crabs series, Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that will potentially determine if we gain another
0: $2 Yep. It'll be a fun one to watch for us. We definitely have a vested interest in how that's going to go down.
1: Yeah, the only way that we won't have a vested interest is if the Aviators win three games before that series and if the Crabs lose both games against the Sloths.
0: Right. Well,
1: actually, really I guess matter. the Crabs can lose both games against this loss and then still win out and hit the over. So at, one of those games, at minimum, will have impact on our finances, potentially. Yeah. So, Which would be cool.
0: All but
1: worst-case scenario, we are up a quarter million. So whatever. Yep, works for me. All about that. Yeah, but this will be the... I guess second to last series that I talk about placing and watching bets Mm -hmm. next week after everything is closed. Then we'll probably touch on it again Mm -hmm. and just see what happened. Um, But then for future iterations of this segment, I'm not going to give advice Mm -hmm. on the bet placing. So I think what I'll probably end up doing is week one, not talk about it and let people place their own bets. But then weeks two, three, four and Mm postseason, talk about like how the over-unders are shaping up and just monitor the bets.
0: Yeah. And and it'll be fun to watch. Um, And we'll just approach it from a different way. It won't be, Hey, here's our money on this and we're hoping to win money. It will be uh, wow. Look at the 66ers really outperforming what we thought would have, you know, it'll be more following storylines and less specifically about the money we're earning. Yeah. And I mean, you're still allowed to bet, but yep. I'm I'm not. Yeah, and I'll, so I I still will. I'll probably make a similar spreadsheet and you know try and be wise about what I'm uh what I'm getting. But uh, BlowPop will no longer be assisting me in that uh, that whole process. Correct. So, which is fine. It it works, and I'm stoked that you've got a league job now. That's really fun. It seems like uh yeah. you know it, it's it's not really a celebrated thing, but it kind of. To me, it's like, all right, now now we're, like, doing our part for the League. And it's, like, that next step of involvement, which is cool.
1: Yeah, and I also have reached out to uh, Enoch mm-hmm. because I know him more than Person Man. Mm-hmm. And he's the co-chair or whatever the title is. He's, like, mm-hmm. the co-director of the stream team. Right. So, um. At some point in the future, there's a chance that when someone hosts, I might be the co-host and commentate. Awesome. Um, I don't have an interest in being the host necessarily.
0: Mm-hmm. I just
1: want to talk about the games because it yep. sounds
0: fun. Yeah, I'm assuming the host is the one that actually has the stream up and the co-host just commentates on that. Yeah, person. the host right. has the stream, the host runs the game, yep. the co-host just talks along. Right, Right. that'll be nice. I'm I'm excited for that. I think it'll do a fantastic job at it. and It'll be fun I'd to see you. A- yeah I'd like to think so. yeah awesome. Well, should we talk about our players? Let's start off with with uh wallaby Hickams
1: yeah i uh so last time that you and I had a podcast was mm-hmm. midweek two mm-hmm. and at that point, I had had a really good first day yep. and then two more really bad days. yep, and I was kind of like, whatever, yeah, yep, but now I'm looking a lot better, um yeah. And frankly, if I'm being 100% honest and probably a little biased, but mm-hmm. I don't think that biased, Yeah, I would say that right now, batting and fielding put together, I'm the best shortstop in the minors. Sure. Um, if you take a look at, like, so I'm just going to go to uh, batting leaders and sort by shortstops. Yep. I only lead in two categories, and those mm-hmm. two categories are triples and walks. Mm-hmm. So, Ah Ah-Ah is almost assuredly going to be the silver slugger for shortstop. Sure. But I still show up in the top half of almost every batting category that's good. Nice. And I show up in the top three of the vast majority of them. So, like, nice. I'm I'm a top three batting average. I'm a top three home run hitter. I am a top four RBI, top two on base percentage, top three slugging, top three OPS. Mm Mm-hmm. Top three war, at bats don't really matter. Right. Uh, top two hits, top three runs. Like I'm, I'm like top three in a lot of the really important batting stats that you want to see your players have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then on the flip side with fielding, if I once again short by uh, sorts by shortstops, short, stops, short mm-hmm. by Sort short short sort stops. Yes, um, I'm not. Number one in any category
0: mm-hmm.
1: but in the in the metrics that actually determine how good you are, which in my opinion are fielding percentage, range, defensive efficiency, and zone rating mm-hmm. and to some extent errors just don't yeah. mess up right um, I'm top five in all of those except for range
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm top three in A bunch of them as well sure so and i i I assume i'm top three in errors because i don't see myself in the top seven most errors sure so like to some extent i would make the argument that i am a top three batting shortstop and i'm a top three fielding shortstop and nobody else is right yeah so i think all things considered i'm probably this year thanks in large part to some good luck with the bat yes I think I'm the best shortstop in the minors,
0: which is really fun. And even more fun. We were chuckling about this. Uh, maybe it was last week. You've been very vocal about your intentions with Hickams. Hickams is going to be a gold Glover. His defense is going to be fantastic. Uh-huh. His batting will be okay. It'll be good. It, it, not great, but I, I be will be right.
1: serviceable.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, and at that point, I think it was right after one of your hot streaks, you were like, I think I actually have a chance at Silver Slugger this year, which would be hilarious if you got that before Gold Glove.
1: Yeah, like before before week Four's streams started, I was temporarily the front runner for Silver Slugger because I was leading shortstops in uh, I think it was like home runs, slugging percentage, OPS, war, triples.
0: Total bases, yeah. OPS plus, which is basically just OPS, but right. But like, like all the power hitting things, which is hilarious. Right,
1: and then I uh, uh, had all of like the consistency stuff. Yep. Um, Batting I wasn't expecting like that. that to stay, mm-hmm. but like if the season had ended right there, I would have possibly gotten Silver Slugger, depending on how the committee or whatever decides right. it. Right, and then. I think if the season ends right now and to some extent kind of no matter what happens tomorrow, Mm -hmm. I think if there was like an all minors team, I would be the best shortstop. Sure.
0: Yeah. Super exciting to see. And I'm super stoked for you to see a much better and much more enjoyable season.
1: Yeah. Like last season, you and I figured out I was catastrophically unlucky. Yeah. And this season, it appears that I am a little bit lucky yeah like my average is kind of kind of what it's supposed to be it's like yeah like 270 right now is a little bit extra like i think mm-hmm. it's 260 to 280 was the window that i usually found myself at sure but that was with a build that had 50 power 50 power and now i have 45 45 so mm-hmm. it should probably go down to like 257 277 or some like weird window sure. like that um, But, yeah, like, if we just go across the stat sheet as a whole, uh, games don't matter. I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah. Plate appearances are at 455
0: mm-hmm.
1: and are, or pro- er, tell you what, I'm just going to do projections because yeah. then I'll compare projections of this year to what happened last year. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. So... Projected stats for me this year are 487 plate appearances compared to 426 last year. Mm-hmm. The big reason for that is just I bat third instead of yeah. either eighth or ninth. I was eighth or ninth, depending on if it was lefty or righty. Right. Um, and I had even splits against lefties and righties. So I assume hmm. the eighth or ninth guy in tandem with me probably loaded one way or the other. Yeah. 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 We just like foot flop based on him, whatever. Um, At bats are going from four or from 388 to 429. Same line of reasoning. Yep. I'm just at the plate more because I bat earlier. Yep. Expected runs are going to be up to 55 from last year's 50. Mm -hmm. And this relatively small increase kind of makes sense because last year I batted at the back of the lineup. Mm Mm-hmm. Which means if I got on base, there were a lot of really good bats that came close after me, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so they were going to get me home. This year, since I bat third, I bat immediately after Steve Rogers, who is by far the best batter on the team. Mm-hmm. So, the best chance of me to get batted home can't bat me home. There's no way right. that it could get to him with me still being on base and without the inning ending. So, right. uh, runs to some extent are team dependent. Same with RBIs. The only way that you can guarantee either one of those is by going yard,
0: Mm -hmm. and I don't do that. you you did a lot more this year than last year.
1: I did a lot more this year, but I think that was pretty fluky. I'm okay with it, but I think it was fluky. Sure. Um, Hits, definitely climbed. My projected season total hits is 117 from last year's 76. So that 41 numeric value projected increase in hits is due in large part to batting third in the lineup and having more plate appearances, mm-hmm. but that's like a 53% increase in hits. And I don't have a 53% increase in at-bats or plate appearances. So that's, right. that's a combination of me investing in my batting stats and slightly good luck compared to very bad luck. Right. Exactly. Which is pretty big difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah very much sim sim gonna sim and it is simming in my favor a little bit this year yeah we'll take it uh doubles i'm projected to have one fewer double this year with 10 um but that's fine because mm-hmm. i also already have two more triples this year so mm-hmm. like for non-home run extra base hits i have one more extra base hit for a total of three more bases mm-hmm I think, or maybe after, I have more bases off of doubles and triples, yep. and I have more doubles and triples. So, yes, yep, that's fine. Uh, the big difference that's immediately noticeable, however, is the fact that I currently have 15 and am projected to have 16 home runs when last yep. year I had seven. Yep, big and difference. that huge difference comes off of the back of having a day one sim where I had four,
0: yeah, which was awesome
1: (laughs) yeah like week one i already had at least seven i think it might have been eight but Mm -hmm. week one i had at least tied and maybe already eclipsed last year's total for home runs which is
0: hilarious i especially enjoyed it because we're messaging back and forth on discord as you do and uh it was just like dude i think i got another home run i think i got another i'm like what no way it was awesome yeah so fun it was it was uh
1: astonishment laden with confusion yes
0: and even more fun for you because one of those home runs came off of the hand of Giuseppe Tosin.
1: it is the only extra base hit i've gotten off of you yeah. um and i'll i'll take uh i'll take that spreadsheet out and we can take a look at our head-to-head stuff after yeah. you and i talk about our players individually yeah. um my 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 RBIs are expected to be 56. Last year, they were 42. They are currently already 52. Mm-hmm. And that's going up a lot just because I don't suck at batting as yep. much anymore. Just um, very good. I honestly think it's actually slightly lower than it, quote, should be. Mm-hmm. Because, again, I'm batting immediately after Steve Rogers. Sure. And Steve Rogers has 24 home runs on the year, I think it is. So... There have been at least 24 times hmm. that because he's been really good and I show up to the plate, yeah. that the bases are empty. Yep. So I, I feel like if he and I switched positions, mm-hmm. I would probably have like between like 3 and 10 more RBIs or something like that just sure. because he cleans the bases. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, walks are going from 31 to 38, according to the projection. I just invested slightly in... My eye, and I invested a bit into avoid strikeouts, Mm -hmm. uh, which also explains why my strikeouts are going from a second place highest in the league, 104. Not good. Down to 75. Very nice. Much better. Very digestible. I'm okay with that. Um, Stolen bases are going from two to one. I do not care. Caught stealing is going from zero to zero, which makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then these metrics are where my season really like culminates and shows itself. Oh yeah, my batting average was below Mendoza line with 196, and now mm-hmm. it's 273, so I have yeah. a massive hike of like 75 ticks. <laughs> uh, my OBP was 258, mm-hmm. and now I'm at 338, so 80 oh, yeah. ticks. much better. Thanks to all these home runs, my slugging yep. went from 284 to 422. <laughs> so I have an increase of 138 there. Awesome. And because slugging and OPP both went up, my OPS went from 542 to 759. So a, a massive spike of 217 ticks in that yep. category, which leads to my f- my two favorite stat changes. Yep. My OPS plus went from 45 (laughs) to 107. So I was less than half as good as the average batter. Yeah. And now I'm slightly better. Yep. (laughs) But again, that's an OPS plus. And for those of you who don't know how the pluses work, uh, an OPS plus or an ERA plus or whatever Mm -hmm. plus in baseball of 100 means that you're exactly league average. Yep. And then, for example, this season, I have a 107. Mm -hmm. That 107 means I am 7% better than average when it comes to OPS. Yep. So when I had an OPS plus last season of, (laughs) again,
0: 45, 45,
1: that means I was 55% worse (laughs) than an average batter. And all of this leads to last season, I had a war of negative 2.1. Yep. And this season, my projected war, assuming Saturday goes as we think it might, Mm -hmm. is 2.6. So while I will have a win above replacement war of Mm 2.6, I will have a win above Wallaby wow of (laughs) 4.7. So the fact that I'm going from a very bad player to a yep. very good player in the span of one year is nice because A, I think I've invested wisely. And mm-hmm. again, I've said this a bunch, but still I was so unlucky
0: last yeah. year. Yeah. And I'm glad that it kind of turned around. One one of my favorite things of looking at this sheet is like if you if you do one of those like quick lances but don't actually look, you could Accidentally, see it's like, oh, he had two point war, one war last year, and he'll have two point six. Good, that's a marginal increase. Oh, oh, there's no, that was a, there's a negative. A... Those negative war last year.
1: <laughs> there's, there's a minus
0: sign there. Uh, not good. Gr- no, yeah not good. But super exciting. It's been a good season for you. Super exciting from the user side. You maxed out your player. You're sitting at mm-hmm. three fifty tpe You've got a bunch banked. Do you know what you're at now? Um, I think. Okay, so I know the
1: last update cycle I was at mm-hmm. 369 yep. because my updater Maddie said nice. Nice. Well, there you um, go. Thumbs up. And then I think I got 17 this week, so okay. 388? Sure. Or, no, three eighty, three eighty six. 386. Something like that. Yeah, 386. Um, okay. Approaching the 400 mark. Which is approaching like 400. I will get 400 before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I will keep stacking throughout uh, next season as well. Yep. But
0: one of us won't keep stacking throughout the season. That's right. That was an excellent transition. So I've been informed, shout out to AJ, by my uh, GM for the Vancouver Vibraphones. Um, Go check the article uh, piece article by AJ's flipping hilarious for that joke. But um, basically I am going to be called up next season and I'm going to be serving in a bullpen role um, for the the Vandals, which is uh, unexpected, Mm -hmm. definitely a surprise, um, but also super exciting. Uh, I thought that I probably would be down for one more year, um, but it's going to be really cool to jump up and I'm nearing 400 TPE. This season and then we'll jump up, to, you know, with purchasing equipment and all that stuff. Uh, I'm yeah. guessing it'll be around 475 mark or so on opening day, um, which in my mind was like, I don't know if that's enough TPE to really even be viable in the majors. But in looking at a lot of other pitching, uh, uh, a lot of different earners, that's actually a pretty respectable number uh, for jumping into the bullpen. Um, especially over, there's still a lot of inactives um, that the vandals have, and it's like I'll right do better than that at least. And an, and another thing to think about is with the expansion
1: diluting the player base. Yep, it's not like you're going to go against a team full of 1,000 pluses because right. they're they're going to have to be new talent pieces mm. sprinkled in there. So you like you'll definitely obviously be lower than average in the pros. Right, and. Total, but there's going to be a bunch of other people that are doing the exact same thing.
0: Exactly. So it'll be I am just hoping to have a respectable rookie season. I'm certainly not expecting to go in and win rookie of the year or something. Right. Um, like I like I'm not going to lie, it doesn't help your career ERA or anything like that. Right.
1: Yep. But you do have another year to stack up like career strikeouts. Yep. Yeah. So I mean like eh.
0: it all works out. Also a little
1: little pull, little push and little pull.
0: Speaking of rookie of the year, I'm calling it right now. Dustin Parmalee, next year rookie of the year. He's currently sitting at like over 700 TPE. <laughs> oh, okay. Like that could be pretty good, but we're not. But talking I don't about, know. There's Parmalee. there's a there's a lot of wheelers that are in their fourth year in the minors. Oh, there's like five of them, and they're not really stinking good. Well, I guess that's the max. Kind of hurts that. Never mind. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Super exciting. Also, the uh I've heard tell of but have not seen any details of, I believe the uh salary cap has been lowered from last yeah. year to this year. I think it was I think it was 132 or
1: 133 or something ish like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's gonna go down to 108, I wanna
0: Ow, say. Oh, that's a pretty big jump.
1: Or or something in the like the one teens. Okay. Um but mm like it is
0: it is a big dip i think yeah. um it totally is and i think it's a good thing encourage some more parity and make it yeah. harder to have a really super stacked team
1: well i don't know if it does because yeah. uh the super stacked teams are super stacked because they have hyper earners and the hyper earners probably have
0: money regardless of salary mm. that's true that is very true i've the the vibe that i've gotten is that most people just take the minimum deals, but I'm not sure how accurate that actually is. Well, I think most of the good players
1: take minimum deals because they don't need the money. Right. So like what it's like one thing I think I'm going to do and I'll have to talk to my GMs about it and Mm -hmm. maybe the head office will say, no, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to have a proportional contract Mm -hmm. where instead of saying Wallaby gets, you know, seven million dollars per year for Mm -hmm. the next however many years, I want to try something weird. Like Wallaby gets five percent of the cap, rounded up to the nearest half million. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I then have if no the cap that'll get vetoed, but that's like all.
1: I I know that that can exist in real life, but yeah. I don't know if they'll do that in the game in the in the PBE. Mm. I just right. think it like like my I've talked with you about this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not talked with my GMs about this. <laughs> um, I think it'd be really fun to write. Not not like a team punishing contract by any means, right? Right. But write a very convoluted contract, yeah. <laughs> like a lot of clauses and some like weird math. Yeah. Instead of just like seven million a year for four years and just be like, okay, here's the, here's the clauses that determine the length of the contract. Here are the clauses that determine the pay of the contract. Here are the clauses that are the bonuses of the contract. Here's the blank, here's the blank. Like just make it like annoying, not, not bad for the team, not undigestible. right, right, right. Right. But I just want to be like a slight headache. Yeah. Yeah. For the people who have to read the contract, which is pretty hilarious. (laughs) But, uh, that, that's a ways away. We've also gotten slightly off topic. Yeah, that's um, okay. We'll we we'll loop sometimes. it back, yeah. Yeah. and because it's, it's fun. Yeah, exactly. That's why we we'll, uh, here. We'll loop it on back to talking about Giuseppe Tosin and his current year.
0: Yes. Yeah. So first year as a starter, uh, actually got put into the ace role, the number one slot, which I thought was a slight mistake, and it turned out to be a slight mistake. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this this slot doesn't really matter that that much. But. Um, Anywho, so uh, it's been a rough year. Um, as uh, Blowpop said, my first game was not the worst game he ever saw. Uh, however, this my second game was. <laughs> mm-hmm. So starting off with a 29 ERA is pretty rough, but i um, been slowly clawing my way back into a decent ERA. So uh, currently sitting at 26 games and 130 innings pitched, um, and my ERA is right at 5.46. So mm-hmm. Not fantastic, not super excited about it. It puts me at an ERA plus of 82. Um, So not fantastic, but it's fine. Um, It's fine. We we were talking uh, pre-pod about, you know, I had been considering doing a build change, an archetype change rather, um, and redoing my build, especially with how poorly the season has gone. But after a lot of research, it seems as though the Control Freak archetype uh, is not super viable, not super elite at the 350 range, but there are a large number of good control freaks through the history of the PBE from like a thousand to fifteen, or yeah, a thousand to fifteen hundred plus. You know that that kind of range can be really, really elite, really deadly. Uh, right, and one of the one of the big ones that we talked about mm-hmm. before recording
1: was Emmy's Etsuko Rune, yeah, who started as. Uh, if I remember right from the again, shout out to the Women of PBE podcast. Mm -hmm. She said, I think she said she started as a knuckleballer and then the knuckleball archetype got nerfed. Yeah. Um, And now it sucks, unfortunately. So then she switched to Control Freak and I think she might have just switched to Control Freak like two seasons ago or something. So like it might have been really, right. But last year... Atsuka Rune was, in my eyes, one of the best pitchers in the league because Atsuka Rooney was putting up pretty good numbers, really low walks per nine, a couple of complete games. And yes, yeah, she led the league in losses, but that's because she had Garbo
0: behind yeah. her. Yep. Also, is she on the Voyagers now?
1: Um if you retire your player, uh-huh. GM players can get traded. That's how Bauer got traded.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Because once you retire them, then they're just like frozen. So got it, got it, got it got it. Okay. I was like, wait a second, what's going on there? But anywho, so all that to say, I've not had a fantastic year, but there is promise and like and blow you, pop, uh, yeah. I've been continuing to earn. Um mm-hmm. and, and, we'll
1: at least, and at least and at least We, you and I each have
0: one bad year, but one good year to go Mm -hmm. with it to
1: kind of clean the taste in our mouths, yes, yeah,
0: absolutely. And so, looking at some of the other saber metrics, you know, my whip has gone up from 1.43 to 1.7, my FIP isn't that much higher, um, which is encouraging. I went from 3.97 to 4.11, so there's a marginal increase.
1: FIP is like three true outcomes stuffs, yep, exactly. So, So basically, what it's staying. Right, yeah, so whip going up a lot more than FIP did basically means that your supporting cast had, whether whether it was ball placement or what, your right. supporting cast had trouble getting outs in the field.
0: Exactly, and that is reflected even stronger, even, even more with my BABIP going from 303 to 368. Mm-hmm. Uh, so essentially that just means when somebody puts a ball in play this year compared to last year, they have uh, 55... 65 percent higher chance, um, of getting a hit. So yeah, it depends on how you think about it. It's more lucky. Yeah, it's yeah. it's sixty-four.
1: It's it's sixty-five more times in a thousand, mm-hmm. or it's like
0: a quarter more often than last season. Sure. Yep. 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 So that works pretty well. Um, my home runs per nine were. Uh, just my home runs went up a little bit. Unfortunately, I gave up five last year and I'm projected to give up 14 this year, but I also have pitched almost twice as many innings. Yep. So that just makes sense. And uh, as mentioned previously, I lead the league in walks per nine. Pretty cool that last season with 74 innings, I gave up 31 walks um, and with nearly twice as many, I'm projected to only give up two more walks. So that's Mm -hmm. pretty stinking awesome and really fun to see.
1: Yeah, as of right now, you are tied with your last season totals despite yeah. having,
0: you know, twice as much game time. Exactly. And so I got to dig that. And I also enjoy much like we, when we talked about Hickam's, you know, actually investing in something specifically and seeing some uh, some fruits of that uh, of that labor. So I put a good right. bit into control as a control freak. And it's fun to see. Oh, I'm actually controlling it quite a bit more. So mm-hmm. um, got to love that. Um, let's see. The, really, the only other thing, I haven't really got much more strikeouts, which makes sense. Again, from what I've seen with this build, you can get to the point where you have really nasty stuff and you have some really, really scary pitches to get strikeouts. Um, it just doesn't really happen at the at the 350 cap. Right. From what I've seen. Yeah, I'm I'm just
1: glad that you did the research to see that control freaks are fine in yep. the majors, and that you know, Atsuko Rune had a great season on a bad team, right? As a control freak and stuff like that. Just because one thing I said to Doctor K a couple weeks ago off air was like, mm-hmm. he he was considering doing an archetype change, mm-hmm. and I said something along the lines of like. If I wanted to have a better war and therefore be a better player, I could also have an archetype change. Mm -hmm. But I just want to make a guy how I want to make my guy. So like if if you come in with the fantasy of having a control freak who does not walk people,
0: right? Just do that.
1: Yeah, it'll still be good, especially because you and I are max earning. Like we're gonna get to. We're, we're probably each going to get to at least 16 or 1700 TPE by the time our players retire.
0: Right. Exactly. So it, it's good. And I'm, I'm glad that I kept it how it is. And, um, it'll be fun to see kind of how he continues to develop and how it, you know, continues to all, all play out. Uh, the, my favorite part of this last week was, uh, specifically a couple of really killer games for a specific stream. I think it was on Tuesday, um, Tuesday of this last week. Essentially I had two games. These are the like the kind of games that I dream about. This is the kind of thing that I want Giuseppe to have happen all the time. Uh, and it was a 7.1 inning game with only two hits given up and no runs allowed. Um, I interestingly had two walks during that game, but, uh, only two strikeouts. Um, and then the next day I had a six inning game where I gave up five hits, no walks, no earned runs, and a couple of strikeouts. Um, that's mm-hmm. just awesome. That's fun to see going deep into games. Um, you know, defense holding up pretty well because I was able to, you know, give up a lot of ground balls, but the defense were able to convert those into outs.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like your your late game stat stuff is going to very often look like six point something or seven point something innings with like two earned runs.
0: Yeah. Yep. Which is good. That's, I mean, really all you can aim for, all you can hope for is a quality start, hope to go six plus and only give up three runs or less, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, I will,
1: I would not be surprised if you have a small handful of complete games, mm-hmm. maybe complete shutout, maybe complete no hit or something yep. like
0: that, which would be really awesome. I'd, I would absolutely love it. So uh it'll be interesting. Just, just looking at the stats, Comparing last year to this year, tough to compare because I went from the bullpen into a starting role, and then I'll Uh go into the bullpen next year. So um, I'm hoping to do better ERA-wise, but then all the stats just change so much depending on what role you have on the pitching staff.
1: Right, and uh, another thing that I think is interesting is your
0: 2040 war is still 23 yeah, and projected to be 2.5. And I think that's from what I've gathered. I haven't done any hard research on this data, um, but I'm relatively sure that uh, starting pitchers get more war simply because of the num- number of innings that they eat up. Yep.
1: I mean, is, like, is I, th- I think that has to be the case because mm-hmm. I remember one of the PTs, it was like, What's a performance that surprised you so far? Mm-hmm. And I wrote about you mm-hmm. because you did really well last year and then really poorly at the start of the year. Yeah. And at one, like at the point that I was writing that point task, you had an ERA in the eights. Right. And you had a positive war. And I was like, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. Like this doesn't make sense (laughs) at all. He definitely has a worse ERA than average. Yeah. How is he better than average replacement?
0: Right. Yeah. And I think it's simply just, An innings eater. And And I I know a lot of MLB teams talk about it in the, in these terms. And I've also seen like a lot of OOTP playthroughs where, you know, they're looking for an arm and they're just saying like, I don't need someone to come in and have a three ERA. I need someone that's going to eat up some innings, you know, help, uh, help the stamina and the fatigue of the rest of the bullpen, you know, stuff like that. So it's definitely valuable. Yeah. I, I
1: think you're, to some extent, over-investing in stamina mm-hmm. so far is going to end up being nice because yeah. especially with the slightly quickened schedule this mm-hmm. year yep, of just one, one day between series and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The fact that you're going to be able to, especially in like two or three seasons, mm-hmm. the fact that you might start a game and get through like seven or eight innings, people are just not going to get gassed on your team as much.
0: Right. Which is fun, I can I can certainly dig that. Also, uh, new schedule turn out not to be a big deal. From now, no, the the
1: whole the whole shtick with super weird, so like sim results. Yeah. yeah, it was just because of like mismatched files
0: of spring training stuff. Yeah, yep. So it happens. It totally happens, but. Um, yeah, super excited to to look ahead, see what happens next year. I'm excited to be a vandal. It also will make our head to heads far more interesting because we've seen each other a fair bit in the minors, and then moving into the majors, we're now going to be on uh, opposite conferences. So I don't think we'll play no, each
1: other. You um, I mean, I don't know what the what the orchestration is for how they determine the schedule. So I don't mm-hmm. know if like we're we're both in the West. So, like, maybe that does something, but I don't know.
0: I think we're, aren't we in, oh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, we're both on the west, but I'm guessing it'll be sorted by conference first.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if, like, if, it's like, I think you're conference one, I'm conference two, and then we're both west. I don't know if I will, I don't know if the Toros will play against west one more than east one or something. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I have no idea how all that will be. Also, east-west split uh just in terms of names sure totally fine everyone does that all the time conference one conference two that is so lame
0: i did see something saying we're taking suggestions so i think it was just announced and then they'll name it something else if they
1: just left that at conference one conference two that would be the lowest energy decision i've ever heard be like a Washington football
0: team situation.
1: So I I don't remember if I told you my thoughts on Washington football team when the Washington football team first got announced, my initial reaction was exactly the same thing. Yeah. But as time goes on, I've started to warm up to the idea of it. If, and only if the following condition is applied, Mm -hmm. whenever Washington football team is talked about on broadcast, Mm -hmm. the team's name is read out by Microsoft, Sam we have a division rival game today here in Philadelphia between the Eagles and the Washington football team.
0: (laughs) I will sign that petition. I will. Wouldn't it be great. That'd be so funny. It it can't (laughs) happen. There's no way. Right. But no, 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 but I love it. That's good. If you're going to have a generic name, you might as well have it read in a generic way. Uh Yeah, overly so perhaps.
1: But in terms of the actual like conference renaming or whatever, I don't Mm -hmm. have any complaint of just like full on copying the MLB and just doing like ALE and NL or something like that. I don't know. I Yeah, whatever. I guess the problem with American League and National League is Uh even though the MLB has Toronto, Right, it's still a North America league. Right, exactly. So, maybe ALNL don't work. I saw some suggestion in some article that was like uh legends and heroes or something like that right. or just like something a little a little grandiose could make yep. sense.
0: So. Yeah, and that was my initial thought because I uh, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before I was in an online OOTP league that had been around for like they started in OOTP like 6. So they've been around for a really, really long time. Um, so the divisions and the conferences were all named after like some of the founding players um, right. and like some Hall of Fame members and stuff like that. And I think that's fine. Um, eh, I, I I don't really care either way. I We just need something other than conference one and conference two, I think. So we'll see what yeah. happens. I luckily don't have to make that decision and neither do you No, we can just judge the decision instead.
1: Oh yeah. It's the best. It's like being, <laughs> it's like being a movie critic. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'm not creative enough to write a screenplay, right? But I'll tell you that your screen sucks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what is, oh, what, dang it. What show is it where it's like, Oh, isn't it the office? I think Andy Bernard's like, I'd love to be a food critic. This food is bad. I'd love to be a movie critic. This movie
1: is bad. <laughs> I feel like if someone's going to say that, it's probably Michael Scott, just because it's probably. not creative reviews, right? I also don't catch Office references
0: because I don't like that show nearly as much as you do. Yeah, that's very true. I'm very sorry. Clomp uh, Sweet. Well, I think we're uh, I think we're good to start wrapping this up. We got through all our stuff. Probably. I. I never.
1: Okay, so like. Little little pulling back of the curtain, mm-hmm. Dr. K and I use a Google Drive, and we have like a, a bunch of documents of like, okay, here's the rundown of what we want to talk about this episode. Yep. You never shared today's episode. What? Thing. No, oh, I you, only, gotta be, I you gotta only, be kidding me. I, I only see through season
0: 11. Try refreshing the page. I did. Dang it. Son of a hamster. So I've been... I mean blind, blind.
1: But, but but I mean like we talked about it before we actually right right, right. started so like I'm, I'm sure there's nothing on the sheet that I didn't already hear about I did put blow pop socks
0: oh and that's a given <laughs> yeah no, I'm just kidding it it is all good anything else you wanted to talk about anything else you wanted to mention um
1: I guess I th- uh, oh one thing that's kind of funny mm-hmm. is apparently stream team or head office or someone i don't know mm-hmm. who's at quote fault for this mm-hmm. uh this past week mm-hmm. or the, i guess this current week uh s24 week 4 mm-hmm. the primetime games were all wrong which is hilarious so like i i placed my my bet my post whatever thing yep and then they started like talking about like okay we got a primetime game between like San Antonio and somebody else. And I was like, I don't remember who I picked for this. And then I looked at the spreadsheet that you and I have, keeping yeah. track of all of our bets. And I was like, this is not one of the games. Uh, excuse me, Hummus, what's happening here? And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, go read the announcements on Jason. Announcements are just like, hey, uh, oops. We done goofed. Here's four TPE. Yeah. I like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs>
0: Oh, which is even more hilarious because you messaged me something to the effect of like, I don't think you did your prime time. I was like, What? I totally thought I did my prime time, and then went looked, and it's the one that they just canceled, anyways. And I did do it, but it was pre that announcement, I think. Right.
1: I'm just, I'm what, I'm very curious as to if they're just going to give everybody four TPE, Mm, yep, or if they're going to make a claim post, and if you didn't write write. async, you might be missing out
0: on four freeze. I think they're going to give it for free. At least that's how I read the announcement. But we'll yeah, yeah. obviously see how it actually goes down.
1: All I like, I want you to get the points because I want you to have as bed, best of a player as possible. Mm-hmm. But I don't want you to get the points because I'm behind you in yeah. gambling. <laughs> so if I get
0: four and you don't, then we might be about tied. I think so. Because I think you said you're sitting at 386 or something. Uh-huh. So along those lines, I'm at 392. Okay. Yeah. Very close. Very close, and then it'll all get like thrown out the window once the season predictions get finalized. Exactly, but, right. like, whatever. That's fine. I do appreciate the amount of variance in TPE earning because you and I have done effectively the same stuff. Um, But it's fun to have a little, you know, being able to essentially place bets. Yeah, you know, with uh, TPE on those. The prime times those and variance. the
1: seasonal stuff. Yeah, the fact that different players will be different despite mm-hmm. having the same activity, I think, is really important. Oh yeah, yep. just because. There's a little bit of reward for luck and a little bit of re- reward for like understanding matchups, I guess. Yep.
0: And kind of uh, caring about learning about the league and yeah, the teams and all that junk. Yeah. So, generally good fun stuff. But well, thank you for uh, making this day work. I'm so glad we were able to get a pod out today. Would have been a huge bummer if we didn't have a pod for two weeks in a row. And yeah, we would have had,
1: you know rabid fans clawing at the doors trying to bust their way in. That's right.
0: That's right. But not rabid sponge. I don't think he listens to this podcast. I I guess. I don't know.
1: I said rabid fans. No, I know. I'm just saying. Not not rabid sponges.
0: Well, well, either way, I don't think any of them are rabid. Also, we keep calling him sponge on here. So and he hasn't said anything about it. I know. Which I think is either a
1: tacit pass or Mm -hmm. he just hasn't noticed and once he asks us to
0: stop, I will keep doing it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I did see he put out his own podcast this week. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it was like the Rabid Sponge podcast. I didn't I didn't get a chance to listen to it. Sorry, Rabid, but sorry, Sponge, I should say. Sponge. Spongy. Cool. Well, seriously, thank you so much for everyone who listens to our show. We are sorry slash we're here again. We're, yeah. We made it. Surprise. Thank you for uh, a couple of people who reached out that were bummed about not having a podcast last week. We really appreciate that. And we are back and we should be fairly consistent from here on out. Dr. Mm
1: -hmm. K's schedule is like today was a crunch day for him because
0: Sunday is Easter and he works with his church. So there's There's a lot on their plate. Much going on. Big, crazy week. So uh, after this week, we'll get back to kind of more a little more normal. And we'll have
1: some probably slightly vacuous episodes as
0: we coast into the off season. That, we'll <laughs> that, was, a, to- that was a big word. What vacuous? Yeah. No off season. Actually, it was the. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we will see you all next week. Godillas also meet against Dallas in the playoffs, please, because that'd be cool. Thanks for listening. If you are not yet a member of PBE and would like to learn more, visit us online at www.probaseballexperience.jcink.net.